Welcome to Emerge, the health podcast for busy, high-performing women. Each week, we feature interviews, information, and inspiration that will motivate you to transform from overwhelmed, overworked, and overweight to vibrant, energetic, and on fire. My name is Dr. Alex Swenson-Ridley, selfless syndrome expert, board-certified women's health coach, and alternative medicine practitioner, wife, mom, and entrepreneur. I specialize in health for busy and driven women. Listen weekly as I share the tools, perspective, and knowledge you need to lose weight, boost your energy, and fall in love with yourself so that you can serve the world with an even bigger impact. Hello, welcome back to Emerge, the health podcast for busy, high-performing women. I'm your host, Dr. Alex Swenson-Ridley, and I'm really excited for today's conversation. Today, I'm joined by Christian Elliott, who, together with his wife, is owns um, True Whole Human, which is a completely virtual business doing coaching with people. They've coached over 15 to, he thinks, 20,000 hours at this point. And he's also the author and creator, I would say, of a very popular blog called Deconstructing Conventional. He's a health, natural health nerd, wears toe shoes, and also the father of five young kids. And he and his wife kind of run a, a whole ship. So Christian, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah. I'm, um, you know, I was sharing a little bit about, I, I like for a while, I wasn't sure about having males on the show. And then I've come to find that I really like the male perspective, especially when, you know, you're the other, other part of a unit that's functioning well. Cause I know for a lot of my clients and women who listen to the show, like the family aspect is, is mm-hmm. one that comes into their own health journey and also part of what leads them to the point where they're at. So I just wanted to. No, I'm glad to to bring the male perspective to uh, whatever you want to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so that's great. So I guess in in jumping in, I'm always just curious, and I think my, well, I know my listeners enjoy hearing like what brought you on your own natural health journey, and then we'll dive into some perspective for our listeners. Sure. Okay. Yeah. My my backstory really starts with, I got married in 2003 and somehow convinced this wonderful woman to marry me. My health was not great. I was sick frequently, probably about four times a year, I would get a significant, I guess you could call it cold, but it felt worse than that. And um, concurrent with that, my uh, joints were degenerating at a significant degree. And looking back, I can understand why my health was going that way. But at the time, it was completely puzzling to me. And so I had visited half a dozen different medical doctors and short version, none of the solutions they were giving me were working. I ended up finding a group of chiropractors and they just blew my mind with what I did not know about health. They put me back together in a matter of months. And so it kind of started me on about a two year health journey to really learn this gigantic world of wellness that I was completely oblivious to started developing a pretty big distrust for pharma about that time of realizing, wait a minute, all of these solutions aren't really solutions. They're just masking something. And so that you know, learning curve t- turned into a, a hobby, which turned into other people seeing my journey, asking me questions and becoming interested to pay me for my time to help them do what they did. And so um, just at a time of life when it made sense to kind of really hone those skills. And so we, my wife and I got nutrition and fitness certifications and went on and got other um, education in the coaching realm. And so we have been on quite a journey since 2005, really full-time in this industry, 2000. Seven in 2008, we had a started our first brick and mortar location. We had um, nine year run in uh, you know brick and mortar spaces, went up to about 10,000 square feet, and 
ended up collecting a lot of professionals, you know, like yourself, chiropractors, acupuncturists, massage therapists, trainers, nutritionists, and just building a holistic focused business. Cause my brain that loves a complicated puzzle stepped back and said, well, geez, what else do I not know? And what other factors like exercise and chiropractic and nutrition and so on could dramatically change someone's life if they were aware of it. And so we just went to work building that and that, you know, turned into eventually we pivoted to doing it virtually. And that is a very fast version of how we got to where we are today. Oh, that's great. I love it. And I think there's a lot of key things, you know, one of them is why I started this podcast is just awareness. Like mm. even today, I, like I've seen an evolution, my own journey started in probably 2004, 2005, around the time mm-hmm. you said when I found chiropractic and drastically changed my diet and my asthma went away and, you know, I lost a bunch Mm -hmm. of weight and like my health improved enormously, but so many of us are stuck in, like, we're just bombarded with all this, not necessarily bad information, but conventional medicine is just not put there to actually help anyone heal. It's to manage symptoms and it doesn't really do the job. So, you know, (laughs) you have a blog and I have a podcast and like, this is my way of of getting the message out there. So I just wanted to. Yeah. Well, it's, it's been a fun journey. I didn't set out to become somebody who blogged, but I found that I have a decent way with words. If I have a long enough time to sit and think about what I've learned. And (laughs) so I, um, I started writing, I don't know, probably 10 years ago. And it was just kind of a little side thing that I did. That was, it was a fun thing to do because it, it let me take a lot of the lessons you learn doing this work. You do not get in a book. You don't get in a formal course. You get by spending a lot of hours with the same people and going through different seasons of life with them and realizing there's some themes here. There's some patterns. There's typical roadblocks people get stuck in. And I just had a heart to say, there's got to be a way to help and organize this and tell people's stories in a way that um, whether or not you reveal their identity, but just you, you tell the human experience in a way that says, ah, this is relatable. I bet we we all experience these things. And it just, it got me so interested in explaining what other, that's where the name of the blog came from, what other ways that we have called conventional are not serving us. And what would it look to step back and try to deconstruct the lessons that are waiting for us if we'll just spend a little more time thinking. So yeah, I'm right there with you, Thought Warrior. It's, it's fun to step back and say, what pearls of wisdom are here if we have the chance to just continue to be fascinated by the same questions of and for me, it was basically, what does it take to create a breakthrough? What does it take to create a transformation where somebody becomes unrecognizable to their former self and they can look at the journey they're on and say, ah, if only I'd known this sooner, but now that I do look at who I'm becoming. So that, that, that to me is fun and um, fills my days with a sense of purpose. You could say. That's awesome. And I love that. And so, okay, we might have to dive into this because I, um, I didn't share with you. I'm actually currently in a PhD program. Um, that I'm finishing oh, wow. up this year, but it's an integrative and natural medicine, but based in quantum physics. And so mm-hmm. it's starting to bring oh, wow. kind of the science conversation to that whole area of transformation and, you know, breakthrough mm-hmm. and how all that happens. But I'm curious from your perspective, because mm-hmm. you can totally do this without having to understand quantum physics too. <laughs> but, you know, like, so what are, what are some of the steps? Cause I know this is something that women who listen to the show and that I work with struggle with. It's like, we try the things and the same results happen, which are usually nothing. Like we're not mm-hmm. getting anywhere. So mm-hmm. what are in what you've learned over the last, you know, you guys have been at this for quite almost 20 years now. It sounds like like mm-hmm. what are some of the things you've seen or learned or like with tidbits you can give people where transformation and breakthrough comes from? Yeah, I guess there's 
a lot of different fun ways I could go with that. I think the probably the my favorite thing people tend to say about our coaching, they come to us because their health has been a puzzle and they have a hard time, to your point, they've tried so many different things typically. And what the number one piece of feedback we get about our coaching isn't, oh, I lost this much weight or my brain fog is gone or my hormones are balanced or man, my digestion is amazing. It's, wow, my mindset is so different. And when you can step back and, and recognize how intertwined your mind and emotions are into the puzzle of your health, we have so compartmentalized, largely just because of the fragmentation of scientific disciplines, we've so compartmentalized everything into this system of parallel trenches where nobody bothers to pick their head up and look around and say, what are you guys learning over there? And how might that have implications for what's actually bogging down my health? Or um, So I guess what, where I probably spend a, three quarters of my time coaching clients is in dealing with the mental, emotional, and sometimes just the logistical puzzle of somebody's life. But often it, the breakthroughs that I find the most come from the arresting moment of a different way of thinking of a question that is such a zinger that you can't stop thinking about it. And it just reframed something in your mind in a way that I can't take these glasses off anymore. I can't pretend I don't see this limitation I have. I don't see how this story that I have believed for so long, this rule that I have lived by since a child is no longer serving me. And I, I, you know, jokingly say I get paid to ask questions. I just get paid to be fascinated. I'm insatiably curious about the human experience. But what's been so refreshing for me is the more that you study humans or that you interact with them or that you're slugging it through in a process of change with them, what you find inevitably is that we're all wrestling with very similar questions from different angles, but we're all, we all want the same things. And what what drives us is um, just a you know a dozen or so basic things that we long for of romance and significance and dignity and fairness and autonomy and a sense of mastery, a sense of purpose and a sense of belonging. And when you can get down to that, well, these are the things that are actually what I want. And then you see how your health is related to whether or not you can have them. Um, health goals take that. Well, of course, I'm going to go to the gym. Of course, I'm going to go to bed at time. Of course, I'm going to practice the things that I know are good for me because it lets me live that life. And so where we find success or teams you know, tend to have more probability of a breakthrough is when we can step back and say, what does a successful life look like to you? And, you know, for, especially that, you know, sounds like your audience, the high achieving busy person who's trying to do it all asking a question, like, what is the golden ticket at the end of all this effort? Like, where are we going with all this? Is this effort worth it? And when you can step back and say, yeah, what life do I want? And to just do a thought experiment. We're not judging it. We're just saying, what would it look like if we just had a completely different way, an outside the box approach to engineering the life you want? And when you look at, um, you, you take a quiet enough moment, you turn the TV off and you stop stimulating yourself with your phone and say, hey, heart, what do you actually want? What's going on in there? And it can say, hey, thank you for an opportunity to speak. And then you let it talk to you. That you can learn a lot about what really drives you and what the deeper fears are, what the deeper emotions that make life meaningful. And in those quiet moments of introspection, the heart won't disappoint. It will bring up something worth knowing, worth dealing with that is instructive. And if you can create space for that type of experience, if you can hold, um, if for clients, well, I, I think if I hold space for their 
their story, their emotion, and to let them know there's nothing you can do or say that's going to get you outside the bounds of being loved in this moment. Like that's settled. So let's just deal with what's here. And it, it creates this ability to um, face the human experience and look at the longings you have through the lens of, well, shoot, if that's what I really want, what would it take to pull that off? And then health inevitably fits in that puzzle. So it's it, it, it's almost like a backwards way to approach health, but we found it to be the most um, effective way to really foster transformation. There are so many gold gold nuggets in there. And <laughs> like just to speak to the last thing you just said, you know, I think it's so true because we have this concept of health, especially in the Western world, and I would say in the United States, like majorly, where it's well, if I look good on the outside and like I feel pretty good, then. I'm good. Mm -hmm. And that there's so many other layers to it. And I think, I know, I don't know that this is necessarily true at this stage. I feel like there's been some evolution in where people are understanding that health is about more than just looking good and feeling good. Mm -hmm. And it's about, you know, really being connected to yourself and connected into your heart and, you know, living from a place of what's your real purpose and passion and what do you want? Like so many of us just get our heads down and I was doing this, I, you know, running my chiropractic business, I had kind of like you, I collected a lot of people. I had a 6,000 square foot space and, mm -hmm. you know, the, the seven figure business. And I just had this moment of realization one day, like, this is not the dream. Like, I do not want to be doing this. It is not serving my health. It is not serving anything. And it's a scary thing, but then you get to create from there. And, you know, yeah, it, it, it can be unmooring to ask some of those questions or to wrestle with, well, this is all I've known. I like I don't even have a frame of reference for how to start changing it. And yeah. to not be so quick to shut down like other options or other um, questions that are worth pondering and to say, well, then shoot, like what you did is a fantastic example of what I just talked about. You had the introspection to say, is this the life I really want? Is this worth all the effort? And when you started, the answer was yes, it, or it seemed to be. And it's okay that that sort of thing changes over time. And sometimes we, we have this idea when we talk about purpose that it's like, what are they going to write on my tombstone? And we, we overthink it. It has to be it's this dramatic, like, oh, man, I better not botch this one. And when we recognize that we can have many, M-I-N-I, -I, many purposes in life and have different areas or different seasons for to run after different things, or that it naturally changes as we get older, especially if you have kids, like there are so many seasons to that experience that naturally it changes and it should. And that's part of the richness, I think, of a, a human experience. If you can hit the inflection point of curious and fascinated and you become a kinder, gentler, non-anxious presence as you get older, rather than just letting the blows of life beat you down and you just become bitter and jaded. And you can take that, the, the challenge that is whatever a new season or whatever that discontentment that you're marinating in, if you can take that and say, wait a minute, this is a chance to pause and say, is what I'm doing serving me toward the end? And um, so much of that's just, it's just the willingness to say, wait a minute, it would be better to think about life on that level. So anyway, that's a lot of what I end up doing. It sounds like similar work to what you do. Yeah. Yeah. And I find super fascinating. And just, you know, for those listening, and we talked at the beginning about talking about the time conversation. So mm -hmm. actually this leads into that because I can just hear in the background, you know, the women that I work with being like, but I'm so busy. I don't have time to just sit and think or like mm -hmm. ruminate on questions. And how do I take a quiet minute for myself? That does, those don't exist. What are you talking yeah. about? So let's maybe <laughs> dive into that because ladies, you know, as you're listening to this, 
this like ultimately is the key because when you're in that place of curiosity, you know, another thing that you mentioned that I was just thinking about is like, there's, there's the things that we know that we know, and there's the things that we know that we don't know, but there's this whole other space and world of the things that we don't even know that we don't know. And when you bring that curiosity, that's where you start to expand that and, you know, have your kind of blinders shifted and opened to new perspective that allows you to move forward. So yeah, well, so the, the the time question, or just the that first the objection of I'm um, I'm too busy, and especially if you have young kids, like a level of grace for yourself that that's what that season is about. You chose to have kids, you have a responsibility to them, and they are not always that planable. They have needs, and there's going to be less time for you to be the model on the cover of a magazine or to be that ever that person who has everything together and your nails are always done your hair is fine and and you're there's never a day when you're not at your best that's that's such a unicorn or an illusion and when you can recognize that that's not just a pipe dream but it is um it's sacrificing some of what you really want in order to pretend that you have it all and we live in such a comparison society where mm-hmm. you pull out your phone and you see everybody else's image of their perfect life and rarely do you see the real stuff about what it takes to, to have success or, or the days they have where they're not at their best, the non-picture-worthy moments that they would rather just didn't happen. And to be able to say, you know what, we're all human. We're all bound by the same um, amount of time that we have. Nobody can necessarily um, manufacture more. To me, it's the, the one limited resource we have, which I know maybe different from how you see it. So help me with it. But the, the reality that there's, there's only 168 hours in a week, right? If, if we look at say, here's how much time it takes to work. Here's how much time it takes to eat. Here's how much time it takes to um, commute. And you go through just the list of all the things that are in a week and you can actually say, okay, I'm not crazy for not being able to do all the things. So let me get specific about what I really want to do. And often there's the, especially when you have young kids, there's this brutal, um, set of boundaries you put up where you say, you know what, it's, it's okay that I'm not doing all these things right now. I really want to do this. Well, I really want to be a mom who was there for her kids. I really want to be a wife who was this. I really want to be effective at work. And that often means some of the extracurricular gets to go. But if you can do that with a um, grace for yourself that says, you know, I'm doing the best I can with the time I have. And I can rest my head at the end of the day saying, good enough was good enough. You know, I'm not perfect, but I'm enjoying the person I'm becoming. And um, I have the opportunity to try again tomorrow and let that, that wave of contentment sweep over you rather than constantly beating yourself up for the things on your list that never got done. That becomes um, kind of a liberating moment or liberating way to go through this journey of life. Yeah. I love that. Oh, the list. The list is such a thing. (laughs) It is. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, some of us get that satisfaction from crossing off the the things on the list. But, you know, you bring up a good point of we have to really tune into what is the most important in any given moment. And before we hit record, I was sharing, you know, kind of my perspective on time has shifted from some things I've read over the years. But it's, you're kind of talking about the same thing. It's like at any given moment, we're in, control of what we're doing with our time. It doesn't mm-hmm. feel like it, <laughs> but it also, yeah. means, <laughs> it also means that we can create what we do with our time. And so, mm-hmm. you know, essentially by, I, I call this the mindful, like bringing mindfulness to your plate and all the things that are on your plate, like really getting clear on what things serve, like what you want 
in this season, in this day, and, you know, in this mm-hmm. period of your life and being okay with the other things going to the wayside and then just focusing on those. And maybe your list is shorter and that's okay. We can have yeah. shorter lists. <laughs> Short, shorter lists, or you can have uh, one thing that just to practically speaking that often helps clients is to, to write out the list, like get above all of it and look at, like, here's all the things that are running through my head that are giving me mm-hmm. anxiety to put them all on paper. You're like, ah, I captured it. Now I have this paper. And then to, instead of the list, schedule it. Like, where yeah. do these fit? And some of them, you're like, this fits a year from now, or this, I don't even know why this is on the list. And you go through that list. And as they get off the list, not because you cross them off because you completed it, but because they got scheduled, it's just this <sighs> emotional release. But I, I think to your point, or what you made me think of as you were speaking was, there's a difference between um, being in a moment, frantically thinking about all the other things you haven't done, and just being able to be fully present. So questions like, what would it look like for you to show up at your best in any given moment? And so much of that is um, the recognition that we don't get to necessarily choose what happens to us, but we do have the option to choose our attitude in any given moment. And that's how we take back that feeling of, of being present. And like for me, my kids run in, I'm trying to work on something and they're, they want to show me a, I don't know, a drawing they just made or something like, well, that wasn't on my schedule at the moment, but I... I can choose to get frustrated. Uh, why are you here? Like this wasn't on, or I can say, okay, this is my child. <laughs> I don't want to miss their childhood. What's the either kindest, most expeditious way to honor that they want to feel seen and heard at the moment, or they want to be proud of themselves and not have it just constantly interrupt. And so some of that is, is preempting with boundaries. And no, nope, remember we said, we're, you know, our family time is later. You can talk to me after work and it's, it's being present in a kind tongue that sets a boundary that lets them go. Oh, that's right. Or sometimes it's there's an ur- more urgent or a a good reason to say this is important because I need to stop what I'm doing and switch gears and actually be here for that and to choose the attitude that says but I, I got to choose to do that I got to show up and be at my best for my son or my daughter or husband whoever is in your life and not begrudge that so many people would love to switch places with you so look at what you have to be grateful for. Look at all the list of things that you do have. And it, it's really hard. I'd say impossible to be grateful and discontent simultaneously. Those emotions just don't coexist. Like you, you, you wedge gratitude into your day. Like, thank you that I have this beautiful family, whatever that you have to be thankful for. And it really does push out that discontentment and you get to, you get to stay present and bring your best self to. And I, I, I don't know, is that kind of what you mean by creating the time? You think? Yeah. Yeah. Um, in a big way that, and like the, so this is for those, I've talked about this book, like probably every other episode, but like if you're listening, the book is called the big leap by Gay Hendricks, but you know, it's kind of in this bigger context of really getting tapped into our zone of genius and where we really thrive and who we, you know, who God put us here to be essentially, mm-hmm. um, nice. you know, and, and, choosing and creating more time and more stuff that leads us in that direction. So, but that might be being mom right now, or that might be, you know, redefining your career. I talk with a lot of women about that because particularly, you know, most of our listeners are probably in their forties and fifties and kind of at that Mm -hmm. stage where it's like, what have I been doing with my life? (laughs) (laughs) Is it what I I want want to be doing? (laughs) Yeah. Do I want to keep going? Open with that, but yeah. Yeah, no, it is. Yeah. So really like there's so, so, so many gems in here. So we have, let's just kind of recap where we've come from so far. We have this 
you know, really a shift in perspective and focus on like what being healthy actually means and where it comes from. And that comes mm-hmm. from this self-discovery and really just living your best life and being fulfilled is ultimately what we're talking about. And you get to kind of choose that journey and then starting to find the ways to make space and time for that exploration and curiosity. Um if I were to sum it up, we talked about a lot, but so let's take it one step far further. Like what is the, you know, if, and like ladies, this isn't, you know, an overnight thing. So we, we've got some work to do <laughs> listening to this, but what's kind of the, the next piece of, of that journey and exploration. I like to give things in threes. So in threes, I guess the, the next step, let's see, there's depending, it's, it's so person specific, depending on where you are, but one of the things we like to do is to take inventory of the, the aspects of a well-lived life. So um, we like people to obviously be successful financially, and, and but we also like them to be wealthy when it comes to their friendships. We like them to be wealthy when it comes to their health. And so sometimes just auditing the meaningful aspects of life. Where are you plugged into community? Do you, do you have friends? Or, it, because you can be myopically successful in one area and, and the others kind of aren't great. And you never get the pleasure of even feeling successful at the one you are, or it's so short-lived that you just marinate in discontentment all day. So stepping back and and saying, what are the other aspects of life and what would it look like to um, be able to have broader success rather than punctuated success of, I was great at this and then my marriage fell apart and then I was great at this and then I ruined my health and then I finally got healthy and um, my kids are now estranged. Like um, that view of whole life success is probably one of the things that um, so often gets overlooked. And one of the clients I'm thinking of currently that um, he's just looking at his life saying, I've never actually approached it to say, what would it mean to have broad success? It was always go in, go hard and go do this one thing really well. And when you can step back and, and look at the landscape of, well, what is it then that some of it's just quantification of well, how much time does it take to do these things? And you can filter that through your values. What do you really want life to be about? And my wife in particular loves hospitality. Well, that there's trade-offs that go with that. There's timing that goes with that. There's buying extra food that goes with that. And what are we saying no to, to be able to do that? And um, so I guess, it, you know, if, if I can bring it back to whole life success, that would probably be it's it's almost full circle. It's a starting point, but then as you clarify, okay, this is what it would take to be, or what I suspect it would be to be successful. Then to me, it's get around people who are successful at that area of life that you want more success. If you know somebody great with their health, get around people who are healthy. You start their habits rub off on you. If you want to be more successful financially, get around people who take that seriously. If you want to get you know more success relationally, show up and start serving and giving and, and just not being committed to the friendship coming back. Just go be a friend. The time to build friendships or build community is before you need it. Right. So yeah. go love and serve and give and get practical in whichever area stands out to you. And the more you we kind of, as Jim Rohn put it, you become an average of the top five people you hang out with. So who are you hanging out with and what ways are they rubbing off on you? And yeah, filter that through the, the realism of, okay, there's only so much me to go around. I can't be two places at once. So, um, and usually that puzzle comes into focus and um, that's how I, how I tend to get practical with people depending on where they are. Yeah. 
No, I love that. I um, an exercise I do with my clients actually is, and I think this it's Dale Carnegie or somebody else who did this, but your circle of influence essentially. And so mm-hmm. I actually have people take a look at the top ten people they spend time with, and it sounds terrible, but it's really important. We rank them. <laughs> so <laughs> if there's someone who lifts you up and inspires you and wants you to be a better person, like makes you want to mm-hmm. be a better person, you give them a pos- positive one. Mm-hmm. If they're just kind of like they're there, but they don't really give or take, you know, anything from you. It's just kind of like, you know, take it a zero. That sounds horrible. And if they're a vampire who sucks all your energy out of your um, life and, you know, just makes you miserable being around, then they get a negative one or what I call a vampire. And so, you know, you want your net circle to be positive. Yeah. Well, and it's not brutal or rude. It's just, it's trying to be protective of your inputs and knowing that we can't not be influenced by who we're around. And, and are we yeah. happy with that influence? And to be able, Darren Hardy has a way, or I think he might've got it from Jim Rohn, but the idea of like protecting your associations, there's expanded associations. I need to spend more time with these people. There's limited. Yeah. So maybe your, your two hour friend goes to a 20 minute friend and, and then there's disassociate. It's just like these people are they're either toxic or they're just on such a different age and stage or, or place in life that it's, it hasn't done anything to sound selfish, but to move my goals for it, to, to put me in more of a sweet spot of, of the things I need to be doing. And yes, there's, there's room for that to be, you know, people to interrupt or for divine appointments to show up and serendipity to happen where you were, I wasn't planning this, but you, you, to be able to go into it, say, I'm, I'm going to make the most of it, but I'm looking for the opportunity to set the right boundary or to, if I have to be in this relationship to unearth the, 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 deep-seated curiosity about what does this person have to teach me then? What is their life experience? How do they see the world? And and sometimes that's how you um, make the most of the people you have to be around. But yep. um, the other thing I'd say is looking at your responsibilities personally and professionally through the logistical lens of how much time does it take is half the equation. The other half that's important is the emotional end of it. And when you can, we call it in our coaching, we call it a bandwidth tax. Like, does this task, this thing that's on your plate, does it, are you losing sleep over it or does it actually refresh you? And, you know, the more that you're able to understand the things that are on your plate and how much they tax your emotions and are they withdrawing from the bank account or are they recharging your bank account? Somehow that just the recognition of that, it lets you one, be more selective, but two, be smart about where you put it in your day. If, it ha- if it's something that has to get done that is taxing, well, where do you put it in a way that doesn't just tank you and you come home cranky and mad at your kids every day or, or whatever that other things of life you need to show up at your best for. So the more you can ruthlessly um, look at your associations and then ruth- ruthlessly look at the, the tasks that you have and are they building you up or draining you, it, it does give you a good filter to say, ah, let me get practical and start making some key decisions and trade-offs and um, where am I getting a return for my time? Um, so, yeah. So good. So much stuff. And, you know, I think a, a big key and everyone who listens to the show, obviously it's making time for themselves in some way and getting some mm, right. input, you know, and I challenge anybody listening to this. The next step is to take action and actually go do some of the stuff. I've totally been guilty of just listening to a bunch of stuff and, you know, being like, oh, that's cool. And never. Well, it feels like you're like, doing something, right? Right. Right. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. the input is good, but at some point we have to stop just taking in the information and actually do something with it. And I'm not saying don't stop learning. Obviously I shared with you, I'm a lifelong learner and mm-hmm. constantly like, you know, I spent the weekend learning about 
quantum hormonology, which is, you know, bringing quantum <laughs> physics to hormones, wow. like cool, cool stuff. And I'm going to uh-huh. talk about it on the show later, but, um, you know, it's, it's that, that next piece is like, take some of the stuff that we've talked about and actually start to explore it. Yeah. When figuring out well, what does it take to kick me in the pants and just get me to do the thing that's hard to start. Usually once you get going, it's not as hard to do the thing, but right. sometimes it's just, is it a different time of day I put it? Do I just have to tell myself I put on a song? Like, or another thing that helped me was appreciating that anything meaningful in life that's worth having comes with significant effort. It comes with struggle. And, and to be able to say, sign me up for that. I, I, bring on the challenge. We don't get to pick an easy path. So it's like the mentality of what do you want to suffer? Sometimes it's helpful. Do you want to suffer? Mm-hmm. There's discipline, there's regret and disappointment, or there's, I want to suffer the, the work of showing up at my desk and putting in the time to create content. I want to show up and um, work with these, this number of people or whatever those things are. If you can choose what you want to suffer, knowing i.e. discipline is part of it. And then you start to appreciate like, oh good, I'm glad it's hard because that means it's worthwhile. It's making something of me. It's it's going to make me a better, um, this moment where I'm not at my best with my children. Pause it as best you, it's hard in the moment because kids can push your buttons, man, but pause that moment. Like, hey, wait a minute. They're getting under my skin and I can choose differently right now. What would that look like? And that filter or that recognition that we can become more and the hard things are where the reward are, or, or where the reward exists is it's sometimes that mental gear shift. That's all we need to be like, okay, good. Yes. Uh, this is hard. This thins the herd of the people who will try to do something this um, challenging. And um, I want to be, I want to be known as somebody who doesn't avoid hard things like that yeah. um, identity of somebody who will slug it out and do the hard things, not because it's, you know, there's a great applause that goes with it, but because it's worth the payoff of doing it to me, that helps a lot. Definitely. The thing I just thought of, and well, kind of wrap it up from here. Cause I know not everyone has, you know, hours to listen to <laughs> the podcast, but we could talk forever. Um, this was hammered into my head in chiropractic school, but actually comes from, you know, some other philosophies, but the concept of be, do have, and so mm. many of us get this backwards. And so, you know, we try to have the thing, but, you know, and then do the stuff to get there. And then maybe we change our way of being, but really we have to do it in the other order. We have to be like who we are being in the world mm-hmm. needs to match whatever it is that we want to have because the being leads to the doing, which then leads to the having. Um, yeah. so I just thought I'd throw that in there. But, yeah, well yeah. said. Yeah, good stuff. Well, Christian, this has been a lot of fun. And like I said, I feel like we could probably keep going. I'm sure we could talk for, for hours. hours. Yes. <laughs> but, you know, I think we've given everyone a lot to think about, and it was far more than just the time management conversation. So, um, I, but I appreciate you taking the time and coming on and just helping me have fun conversation on the podcast. Mm-hmm. You got it. I'm glad to be here. It's been an honor. Thank you. In wrapping up this interview, I realized I forgot to have Christian share how to get in touch with him and you know where to find him. He and his wife, Nina, are the co-founders of True Whole Human, and their website is posted in the show notes as well as their social media. So feel free to, you know, if you found his sharing inspiring like I did, definitely, you know, check out them out and connect with them. And with that, we will see you next week. Thank you for tuning in to Emerge, the health podcast for busy, high-performing women, where we provide you with the tools, information, and inspiration you need to transform from overwhelmed, overworked, and overweight to vibrant, energetic, and on fire. 
If you enjoyed the show, please head over to iTunes to subscribe and also leave us a review. Also, I don't want to be working with you on your health only once or twice a week. I want to be in this conversation and in the trenches with you every single day. I invite you to join me in the Emergent Women Community Group on Facebook for the chance to interact with me live once a week and even more information, inspiration, and motivation to transform your health and become the vibrant, energetic, and on-fire version of yourself we all know is under there. Until next time, remember to keep putting yourself first so that you can better serve the ones you love and the things you are passionate about. Mm-hmm.